0: Hello, everyone. We're back in the book of 1 Samuel. We're going to be looking at chapter 18, 19, and a smidgen uh, in chapter 20. Um, David has just killed Goliath, and now he comes back, and everybody loves him. The people love him. Uh, Saul's son, Jonathan, loves him, and um, that makes Saul very jealous, and we're going to see that. And then in chapter 19, that jealousy boils over into Saul trying to kill David. So, um, hang on. A lot of uh, interesting uh, things right now about love and jealousy. David's love for the Lord. Look what it lets him do. Look what happens when God's man is uh, chosen rather than Saul, which was more or less the people's man. So, um, chapter 18, verse 1, as soon as he'd finished speaking to Saul, um, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. He's talking about David. And Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. In other words, David just killed Goliath he has given israel a great great victory he has saved the nation israel this little kid this little poor you know young man with a slingshot in a in a stone he had five stones in his pocket but he only needed one and he polished off goliath and he gives saul his greatest victory so saul takes this little servant guy And he brings him to the you know royal house the palace he doesn't let him go he doesn't want to let go of this guy he's a celebrity he's made the whole nation rejoice now so jonathan verse 3 made a covenant with david because he loved him as his own soul and jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to david and his armor even his sword and his bow and his belt so in other words jonathan realizes david's worthy David is worthy, and he gives him his own armor. Verse 5, And David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him, so that Saul sent him over the men of war. So in other words, he realizes that David's smart. He gets along with people, and uh, the men of war are, you know, tougher guys. And David relates to those kind of guys. Those kind of guys relate to David. So, He's he's a commander now and this was good in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants in other words everybody feels David is a perfect selection to lead the men of war and to do anything good verse 6 and as they were coming home, when David returned from striking down the Philistine, the women came out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet Saul with tambourines, with songs of joy, and with musical instruments. And all the women sang to one another as they celebrated. Saul has struck down his, ten, his thousands, and David his ten thousands. So, the women are, are rejoicing. Everybody's praising David. And what does that do to Saul's heart? He's angry and he's jealous. This displeased him, and he said, "They've they've have described to David ten thousands, and to me they've ascribed thousands. And what more can he have but the kingdom?" And Saul eyed David from that day on. So look what jealousy does to the heart. We see it on display here in Saul. Um, You can't go against God's will. Whatever God wants us to do, that's what we need to do. And David was a man after God's own heart. Verse 10, the next day a harmful spirit from God rushed upon Saul, and he raved within his house while David was playing the lyre, as he did day by day. David's writing music. Saul had his spear in his hand. And Saul hurled a spear, for he thought, I will pin David to the wall. But David evaded him twice. David's a cunning warrior. And Saul's no match for him. And Saul tries to kill David twice, but David, you know, dodges these spears. And Saul was afraid of David because the um, the Lord was with him. But um, had departed from Saul. Okay, so now David's David leaves and tried to kill me twice. So Saul removed him from his presence and made him a commander of a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David had success in all his undertakings. For the Lord was with him. And when Saul saw that he had great success, he stood in fearful awe of him. But all of Israel and Judah loved David. For he went out and came in before them. So in other words, Saul makes him commander just to get him out of the house, and he still has great victories. Verse 17, Then Saul said to David, Here's my elder daughter Merib. I will give her to you for a wife. Only be valiant for me and fight the Lord's battles. Because Saul thought, he doesn't want his hand against him, but he's going to hope that the Philistines kill him, you know, when they go to war. So, um, but before um, he gives her to David, he ends up giving her to someone else for a while. So even that promise wasn't, you know, trustworthy. Verse 20, now Saul's daughter, Mike, Michael, loved David. And they told Saul, and the thing pleased him. And Saul thought, well, let me give her to him, and she may be a snare for him, and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. So he offers her his other daughter, and um, and then David sort of replies, down in verse 23, you know, how can this be? You know, since I'm a poor man, I have no reputation. And then the Saul said, you know, uh, you know, he tells his servants to tell David, "Uh, the king desires no bride price. You know, he knows you're poor. For his, his daughter, except a hundred foreskins of the Philistines, that he may be avenged of the king's enemies. So Saul's thinking that David's going to get killed when he goes, tries to go out and kill a hundred Philistines. And so, hundred to one, you know. So when he heard this, it pleased David to be the son-in-law. So he comes back and he had killed two hundred of the Philistines, and he brought their foreskins, okay, and so then Saul ends up giving his daughter Michael for a wife, but then Saul saw this and knew that the Lord was with David, and that Michael, Saul's daughter loved him, and of course he knows his own son Jonathan loves him, and all the people love him, Saul was even more afraid of David, so Saul was David's enemy continually. Then the commanders of the Philistines came out to battle, and as often as they came out, David had more success than all the servants of Saul so that his name was highly esteemed. It, so now his reputation is even more. Now we come to verse 19. Saul tries to kill David once again. Look at what jealousy does to the human heart. And Saul spoke to his Jonathan, his son, verse 1, to all his servants that they should kill David. Now it's out in the open. He just wants David killed. But Jonathan told David, Saul, my father, seeks to kill you. Therefore, be on guard in the morning. Stay in a secret place and hide yourself. And I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are. And I will speak to my father about you. If I learn anything, I will tell you. And Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said, you know, let not the king sin against his servant, David. You know, why are you doing this, Dad? Because he's not sinned against you and because his deeds have brought good to you. For he took his life in his hand, and he struck down the Philistine. And the Lord worked a great salvation for all Israel. You saw it and rejoiced. Why then will you sin against innocent blood by killing David without cause? As And Saul listened to the voice of Jonathan. Saul swore, as the Lord lives, he shall not be put to death. Everything this weasel swears, he breaks his word. Verse 8. And there was war again. And David went out and fought with the Philistines and struck them with a great blow, so that they fled before him. Verse 9, And then a harmful spirit from the Lord came upon Saul, and he sat in his house with his spear in his hand, and David was playing the lyre, And Saul sought to pin David to the wall with a spear. Here we go again. But he eluded Saul. So that he struck the spear into the wall, and David fled and escaped that night. In other words, the third time he's tried to kill him. So now what he does, Saul sent messengers to David's house house, to watch him, that he might kill him in the morning. But Michael, David's wife, told him, you better escape. And so uh, Michael let David down through the window, and he fled and escaped. Verse 13, And Michael took an image And laid it on the bed and put a pillow of goat's hair at its head and covered it with clothes. And when Saul sent messengers to take David, she said, He's sick. And then Saul sent the messengers to see David, saying, Bring him up to me in bed that I may kill him. Alright, so the messengers come in. And behold, the image was in the bed with the pillow of goat's hair at its head. So Saul said to Michael, why have you deceived me? You know, you've tricked me and let my enemy go so that he's escaped. And Michael answered Saul, he said, let me go. Why should I kill you? In other words, he, you know, she's saying to her daddy, I had to let him go because he said he would kill me. So David fled and escaped and he comes to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that. Saul had done, because Samuel, remember, the prophet had anointed both Saul and David. And it was told to Saul, David, you know, where David is. So then, basically, what happens in the rest of this chapter, uh, Saul sends three groups of messengers to find David, where he's staying with Saul. But when the messengers all come, they're overcome by the Spirit of God. And these messengers, instead of bringing um, messengers of Saul, they start prophesying of God. So then Saul goes. This is interesting to me. And Saul starts prophesying also. And he strips off his clothes. And he too prophesied before Samuel and lay naked all that day and all that night. And thus it is, all, is said, is Saul also among the prophets? My study Bible says, he openly sinks to kill the Lord's anointed. But it's like, the thr- just like his cr- clothes are being disrobed, his throne is beginning to be stripped from him, just like his clothes. And standing before Samuel, God's prophet, none of his messengers can hold a candle. His messengers then are overtaken by Samuel. So whatever his message is, God's message is greater. And now he is laying naked and humiliated with no clothes before the power of the Lord. And, as my study Bible says, against whom he vainly strives, who are we to strive against God's plan? Our wisdom is folly compared to God's wisdom. so now we come to chapter twenty um McGee started chapter twenty uh and we'll just read the first few verses there as we get started there we'll We'll backtrack tomorrow on these two, but David flees, um, and and then Ramah came in and said before Jonathan, What have I done? What is my guilt? What is my sin before your father that he seeks my life? And Jonathan, he said to him, Far from it, you shall not die. Behold, my father does nothing either great or small, without disclosing it to me. And why should my father hide it from me? It is not so. But David vowed again, Your father knows well that I have found favor in your eyes. And he thinks, Do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, there's but a step between me and death. In other words, David's telling Jonathan, Look, I know your dad wants to kill me, and I know you don't think he does, but He's not going to tell you because it's going to be too troubling for you. But you got to understand, there's only a step between me and death. He is out to get me. And that's where we stop right there. So we'll stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia Mitali. Mitali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing what you've got to say on this study today. And as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield, and we'll see you here next time tomorrow. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean.
1: Hello, so today's teaching is coming from 1 Samuel, chapter 18, beginning at verse 1, all the way through to chapter 20, verses 1 through to verse 3. So in this chapter, we see that... Saul's son Jonathan, who was a very outstanding man, became friends with David as they were both outstanding men. So, scripture reads, verse 1 Now, when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. So, David was speaking to Saul and this was after the battle of, you know, the battle with Goliath, between David and Goliath, to actually recognize him. And, you know, David and Jonathan's souls were actually drawn together. They you know, they were like soul brother, and soul brothers. So, you know, they had this brotherly love for one another. And, you know, Jonathan and David were drawn together and, um, you know, um, David loved Saul, or oh, David loved uh, Jonathan as much as he loved himself, and vice versa. Verse 2 goes on to read, Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. So David became, you know, a public figure and occupies this position the rest of his life. And here, Saul could not let David go home because he was a hero of the day. Verse 3 goes on to read, Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. So these um, two, this David and Jonathan would actually stick together. Verse 4 goes on to read, And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor even to his sword and his bow and his belt so david he was a peasant who had been actually herding sheep and he came up to the palace and he didn't have the clothes for it and here we have jonathan who literally like strips off his clothes and gives them to um david his brother Verse 5 goes on to read, So David went out wherever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. And Saul sent him over the men of war. And he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. So David had that charisma about him that made him acceptable to the public. So David was a great man, you know, both outwardly and inwardly. So God um, looked on his heart and he's good both on the inside and on the outside. Verse 6 goes on to read, now it had happened as they were coming home when David was returning from the slaughter of, from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the women had come out of all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, and with musical instruments. Verse 7, So the women sang as they danced and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. So this here, you know, it did not sit well with Saul. He didn't like it at all. Verse 8 goes on to read, then Saul was very, very angry, and the saying displeased him, and he said, they have ascribed to David 10,000, and to me they have ascribed only thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? So, you know, David actually, yeah, he will get the kingdom. Verse 9 goes on to read, so saw I David from that day forward. So Saul, actually, he becomes jealous of David because of the people's applause and acceptance of him. So, you know, Saul's true nature is out. Verse 10 goes on to read, And it happened on the next day that the distressing spirit, the evil spirit from God, came upon Saul, and he prophesied inside the house. So David played music with his hand as at other times, that there was a spear in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the spear for, he said, I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped his presence twice. So Saul wanted to actually get rid of David. And it's actually out in the open. So Saul saw that David behaved, you know, And handled the situation wisely. And now he becomes afraid of David. Because David ducked that spear. And he just walked out. And just was wise about the situation. Dropping down to verse 16. And it reads. But all Israel and Judah loved David. Because he went out and came in before them. So David now is being accepted. And Saul is wondering how he can... Trap David. Verse 17 goes on to read. Then Saul say, said to David, Here is my older daughter, Michael, or Merab, Merab sorry. I will give her to you as a wife. Only be valiant for me and fight the Lord's battles. For Saul thought, let my hand not be against him, but let the hand of the Philistines be Against him, so Saul actually uses a clever method here to trap David, and he marries off his daughter to David, and you know, there's no excuse. But looking at David's troubles of the different wives he had, you know his start off wasn't so great. Okay, so um, verse twenty, dropping down to verse twenty, tweets now Michael, that Saul's daughter, loved David and they told Saul and the thing pleased him. So here at the beginning, it's, it's actually was love of the hero, you know, the popular one that was Michael. She was excited because she was marrying the one guy who everyone was talking about in town. So it was not uh, marital love to make a successful marriage. And this was not a successful marriage at all. And we'll see this later on as we proceed in our study. And now we get to chapter 19. And in chapter 19, Saul's now, Saul actually is, his attempts are open. His attempts to kill David are open, and David, uh, he wants to kill him with a spear. Sorry? As David plays on his harp, and David escapes, and he becomes a hunted man, like an animal. So, verse 1 goes on to read now Saul spoke to Jonathan. His son to all, unto all his servants, and that they should kill David. But Jonathan's Jonathan's soul son delighted greatly in David. So Jonathan told David, saying, "My father Saul seeks to kill you. Therefore, please be on your guard until morning, and stay in a secret place and hide." So Jonathan here goes and warns David because he's more he's like his brother. He loved him dearly like a brother. He warns Jonathan, he, sorry, Jonathan here warns David that his life was in danger in the palace and, you know, warns him to be on his guard and to hide. Verse 3 goes on to read, I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are and I will speak with my father about you then. What I observe, I will tell you. Verse 4 Thus, Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, Let not the king sin against his servant and against David, because he has not sinned against you and because his words have been very good toward you. So, Jonathan is saying this to Saul that David had actually helped him. And his kingdom, you know, in the battle with the Philistines. Like, and David, you know, only spoke good about his king. Verse 5 goes on to read, For he took his life in his hands and killed the Philistine, and the Lord brought about a great deliverance for all Israel. You saw it and rejoiced. Why then would you sin against innocent blood to kill David without a cause? So Saul heeded the voice of Jonathan, and Saul swore, as the Lord lives, he shall not be killed. Verse seven. Then Jonathan called David, and Jonathan told him all these things. So Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence, in in his presence as in times past. So you know David comes back to the palace, but he's actually very cautious because he knows his life is in danger. Verse 8 goes on to read, And there was war again, and David went out and fought with the Philistines and struck them with a mighty blow, and they fled from him. Now the distressing spirit from the Lord came upon Saul as he sat in his house with his spear in his hand, and David was playing music with his hand. Again, here we have. This dramatic scene. So David is playing the harp, and Saul is playing with his spear. So David is playing the harp in front of um, Saul is playing the harp in front of David. Verse ten goes on to read, then Saul sought to pin David to the wall with the spear, but he slipped away from Saul's presence and drove the spear into the wall. So David fled and escaped that night. So David knows that it's no longer safe to be in the presence of Saul or in the palace. But here he's in some kind of a dilemma. His marriage to Saul's daughter. Verse eleven goes on to read. Saul also sent messengers to David's house to watch him and to kill him in the morning. And Michael, David's wife, told him, saying, If you do not save your life tonight, tomorrow you will be killed. So, you know, at You know, at the beginning, actually, Michael was on David's side. Later on, we'll see the deterioration of their marriage. Verse 12 goes on to read. So Michael let David down through the window, and he went and fled and escaped. Verse 13, and Michael took an image and laid it on the bed, put a cover of goat's hair for his head, and covered it with clots. So, um... Just as if, you know, David was actually in bed with her. So she put like a, she made like a dummy, like there was somebody else, like David was there. Verse 14 goes on to read. So when Saul sent messengers to take David, she said, he is sick. Then Saul sent the messengers back to see David say, bring him up to me in the bed and that I may kill him. And when the messengers had come in, there was the image of in the bed with a cover of goat's hair for his head. Then Saul said to Michael, Why have you deceived me like this and sent my enemy away so that he escaped? And Michael answered Saul. He said to me, "Uh, Let me go. Why should I kill you? So, in other words... Michael here says David would have killed her if she hadn't let him escape. Verse 18 goes into So David fled and escaped and went to Samuel in Ramer and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went and stayed in Neonaioth. So here Samuel's life would also be in danger now because he's the one that had anointed David as king. So now we get to chapter 20. And chapter 20 here, Jonathan here, we see, tries to protect David. And he has to be very careful as now Saul, his father, knows that Michael, his daughter, deceived him about letting David escape. And Saul knows that Jonathan and David are very good friends. So Jonathan has to find a more... Um. you know, a more, suff- not sophisticated, a more subtle or a more clever way, yeah, of getting a communication to David. Verse 1 goes on to read, Then David fled from Naoth to Jonathan, to Naoth in Ramah, and went and said to Jonathan, what have I done? What is my iniquity? And what is my sin before your father that he seeks my life? So David had actually helped Saul, but Saul was never, you know, a king. God didn't choose him. It's the people that actually chose Saul. So God granted their request, but he sent leanness to their soul. And, you know, David's asking Jonathan, like, why does your father want me dead? And today, you know, there are many Christians begging, and crying to the Lord for this and for that. And not willing to actually just rest quietly and let God work out things in our lives. We are impatient and we keep asking and asking. And sometimes God grants our requests, not because it's good for us, because we keep begging him for things, and he gives us, and it's the worst thing that we could actually have, because we want our things, and and God knows best, and you know, this actually holds true to the Christian, to the children of Israel. They should not have had Saul as king, and David here is puzzled with why the king wants him dead. So God, if we keep asking, he will grant us sometimes our wishes and You know, send leanness to our souls. That's what he did to the children of Israel. They wanted quills. They missed Egypt and all, and he sent leanness to their souls. Verse 2 of chapter 20 reads, So Jonathan said to him, By no means you shall not die. Indeed, my father will not do anything, great or small, without first telling me. And why should my father hide this thing from me? It is not so. So, Jonathan says if his father makes any move at all to kill David, Jonathan will actually know about it and he will inform David. Verse 3 goes on to read Then David took an oath again and said, Your father certainly knows that I have found favor in your eyes. And he said, And he has said, Do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord lives. And as your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. And this is also true of us today. Um, it does not make a difference who you are or where you are or you know what you've done. We are just a step away. We're just a step of death away. You know, there is just a heartbeat between you and me and death because it could come at any time and that's you know in the book of Isaiah so we should be ready every time any time to move out into eternity into God's promise so let's make arrangement for the next life you know don't just sit and make arrangement here for this life and uh, you know Dedicate all your life to worldly things. Let's make an arrangement for the next life. That if we should die today, we will go in God's presence as a saved individual. trusting Christ as our Lord and person, Savior. Okay, thank you very much for listening in today's study. It's been an amazing, amazing study. And, you know, my main highlight is to, you know, be still. I know that he is God, you know. God's time is like the best time. We keep asking and asking, you know. We keep wanting reason for certain things, but only God knows best. Let God, you know, be patient and let God. I know it's we're human, and many times we want answers and th- things done as per request there and then because we're very impatient human beings, but. Let us learn to put our trust in the Lord, in everything. Just be still and let God. Thank you all for listening and God bless you all. Bye-bye.